It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, Agent Kruger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And fairly new since last episode, a Facebook group, which I suppose is not the same thing as a Facebook page. Why don't you tell us all about it, Agent Ether? We now have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Just search for Alien Conspiracy Podcast or groups forward slash Alien Con Pod. So I'd appreciate everyone if they could go ahead and join We have some excellent material. I actually posted some 3D images of different nebulas from the Hubble Space Telescope. So when you're scrolling through, they kind of look like they're flying out of the page at you. I thought they were really neat, personally. I was planning on uh, posting some pictures from Spaceballs. I mean, that (laughs) would work, too, considering the last episode. It'd be like a theme. Like like that one one scene where, like, uh, you know, that they're, uh, you know, they catch the stunt doubles. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to say the one where he says, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> that would work, too. Yeah, yeah there's, a lot of, there's a lot of memes there. Schwartz? And also, have you guys seen these Gray Zone comic strips? Uh-uh. No? No, they're really funny. If you, if you go onto the Facebook uh, group page, I've posted a whole bunch of them. They're kind of like Farside. If you guys remember Farside, oh, hell yeah. extraterrestrials, then you'll hell like yeah, it. Dude. No, I remember Farside at the uh, elementary school book fairs. Farside yeah. was the shit. Yeah, so it's like that with extra ter- extraterrestrials. It's really funny. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty funny. And we got related articles, videos, and we have announcements about the podcast. And I posted a very important one today, Agent Anderson. Yeah, so uh, something strange happened this morning. We hit 100,000 downloads Hot this damn. very morning. Yeah. Hell yeah. So that's pretty ex- a very exciting milestone. When I started this show, I was just doing it as a hobby. I never ever actually expected anybody to really listen to it. And it turns out that a lot of people have. So huge thanks to all of our fans who have listened to the show since our inception. And we will continue to put out episodes. And we have some pretty big plans lined up for the future, such as... We're going to start a Patreon. I got some guests lined up that may or may not happen, so I won't say who they are just yet. Exciting times. Huge thanks to all of our listeners. Yeah, it's extremely exciting, man. It's 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 kind of like hard to deal with. Like like I could have never imagined people wanted to listen to the bullshit that that spews out of my mouth. You know. Hey, let's <laughs> keep it going. Just it, it just comes with it, man. Just be you. Keep being you. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> That's and the to, best way to, to go. celebrate this momentum momentum. To celebrate this momentous occasion, I went ahead and splurged and got a bottle of Crystal Skull. No, no, Crystal Skull. Crystal Head Vodka. <laughs> yes. This is a, I've always wanted to try this, but it's like $50 a bottle, so I never did. It's this delicioso. Is, yeah, this is the vodka made by Dan Aykroyd's company. And mm-hmm. if you don't know who Dan Aykroyd is, he is the uh, the godfather of this podcast. I mean, he yeah. never actually agreed to that, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyways. Yeah, by default. He is, you know, yeah, by default, right? He's if you're not familiar with him, he's uh he's really into like aliens and stuff and um Oh he, he knows, you know. trust me, he knows. You bought the skull, he knows. He's connected to every skull. If you just uh place your hand on it, look due north, you can talk to him anytime you want. 
so yeah, anyways, I thought it'd be like the, the coolest way to celebrate would be to get, you know, Dan Aykroyd's vodka. So I did. It's pretty good stuff, actually. Like, surprisingly good. Dude, it's, it's extremely smooth. smooth. Yes, yeah. sir. So, yeah, I don't I mean, drink. It, That's a sin. In the in, in the uh, the refining <laughs> process, I mean, they they pour the stuff over uh, crystals and stuff. You know, I mean, like uh, what is it, diamonds? Some kind of diamond or some shit? Like they, they yeah. Uh, so it's like distilled four times and filtered seven times. And the last three filtrations, it they run it through some like diamonds or something. I don't know exactly what the deal is with that, but it sounds cool. So why not? Like diamond infused water. Yes. Dude, if yeah. I, I mean, you know, you're picturing like a whole cave of diamonds, but it's probably just like one. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking diamond. that. Thank you. Yes, I, I was it's picturing like, one like a, a, a bed, like a, like a, a a wide, vast bed of diamonds. You know, in which uh, you know uh, the vodka is you know uh, released into, and it flows through. You know, slowly. You know, what I mean, it's you a know, Mister Ackroyd is probably a visionary. He probably lives on top of a diamond mine. That's that's what i imagine and he goes to his basement and just filled with rare gems and diamonds i they actually the picture of the diamond filtration is on wikipedia if oh, if anybody it? wants to see it just google um crystal head vodka and scroll down a little bit on the wikipedia article and you'll see it there tell me to do that it right looks, now just, is it a cave no <laughs> it just looks like a like an industrial filter but instead of like you know filtration elements it's got some diamond looking things in there it's pretty cool i am disappointed hey with enough vodka in you uh it will anything will look like a cave right anything uh, is possible true. Anything. yeah and i do have a considerable <laughs> amount of vodka in me right now <laughs> yeah. let's nice. keep using it keep that fire brewing let's go <laughs> so let's get to this week's episode Chemtrails. Yeah. <laughs> we finally mentioned the, the topic of the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a few <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I've seen this picture, by the way. Okay. So uh, three quartz filters used with crystal head vodkas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, no, no. Uh, chemtrails. No. Yes, chemtrails. <laughs> My bad, by, dude. By, uh, I just want to say by chemtrails, he means a chemical reaction of condensation trails, right? No, that's not what I mean at all. <laughs> yeah, whichever comes first. <laughs> but yeah, I could talk about this vodka all night. It is delicious, but we should, yeah, get on. Get on with the show. Yeah, normally I'll, I'll uh, say the topic right away, but I, for some reason I forgot to this time. Anyways, uh, so chemtrails, yes. The general idea is that there is something maybe in jet fuel or that jets are releasing through some kind of spray nozzles in the air mm-hmm. sometimes and that's why when you look up and you watch a jet go across the sky, most of the time it'll leave a contrail behind. It depends on environmental conditions, which um, I think maybe Agent Ether will get into a little bit, but it depends on the conditions. And usually it'll dissipate fairly quickly. Sometimes this trail will persist for even hours and hours, all day even, and it'll kind of spread out and turn into a cloud. And sometimes there'll be crisscross patterns. So the general idea that people think that this might be used for things like weather control or, or modification, cloud seeding to counter, counteract or worsen global warming, or to put things like barium in the atmosphere for facilitating, I don't know, HARP so that it can send radars and communications over the horizon. Um, they, some people think that it's used for population control or that it's responsible for the rise in sinus inf- infections asthma, respiratory problems, lower birth rates, and fertility. And cancer. 
And cancer. Yeah, yeah I left that one out. <laughs> so <laughs> the we'll get into all this. We'll get into all this in more detail. I'm just sort of doing like a little preamble here or a little little teaser, I guess. Do you have the list coming up of things that they think are in the chemtrails? The list of chemicals. Uh, it's a pretty short list from what I could find. Like I said, barium. Um, what was it? Uh, silver sodium or sodium so, uh, silver, silver, silver silicone silver silico- uh, silicone iodide. I, oh, that's it. Yes, yes. Aluminum, strontium, polymer yes. fibers, thorium, silicone, carbide. <laughs> <laughs> now you know th- this is one of those uh, topics t- to me that, that you know every once in a great while I'm drawn towards just because of the, the interest involved. Um, and, and to me, to be honest, like from the outside looking in. The reason why I'm, I'm drawn to it, to be honest, is because there's quite a bit of uh, shenanigans and tomfoolery that that surround this this topic. You know, that there's a lot of people who are, um, you know, uh, pilots or within the aviation industry that that you know have made videos uh, kind of mocking the subject. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily believe that that uh, you know that the. That, Definitely the 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 full uh, conspiracy theory. I don't believe that, like you know, that there's a ton of shit going on here. But I do have some questions because that there are some some you know some things that that don't necessarily line up. You know what I mean? But but uh, to me, uh, the reason why I'm drawn towards it is because this is one of those uh, subjects that is, you know, it's it's surrounded by a, a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of misinformation on both sides. Um, supporting the the uh, conspiracy theory and and also trying to uh, you know disprove it, you know. So so to me, this is one of the uh, the very interesting topics that that we've covered, you know, so far. It's it's a it's a cool one, you know, because yeah, I, I've I've noticed like on social media when you have people discussing things that are labeled as conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. uh, people who are let's say believers go ahead and put out evidence, and it's immediately refuted by skeptics. But sometimes th- that evidence needs to be questioned and looked at. Sometimes it's legitimate. Just because you don't believe in the conspiracy theory as a whole doesn't mean there isn't some valid points there. Yeah. Well, I, I think mm-hmm. you know the the one the only one the one big thing that I really keep on coming back to is I remember as a kid, you know, I, I lived in an area where there was a lot of uh, traffic, uh, airplane traffic. Now I don't remember seeing um, that many like contrail like uh, streaks. You know, what I mean that uh, streaks that like uh, were coming from planes that lasted. You know, that weren't just like you know, um, you know. Th- there for I don't know half an hour, couple hours, whatever the may you know, the, lim- the limit may be, you know. But now nowadays, uh, there there's a lot of stuff in the sky that that stays around and and turns into clouds. From my perspective, you know, just from my own observations. Now I'm not saying that this this is you know definitive evidence that something is going on, but it's kind of weird to me. Like like why would these controls stay around for so long? You know what I mean? I've seen I've seen them with my own my own eyes. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm almost wondering if the types of planes make a difference and how high of an altitude they're flying out and the altitude definitely warming, makes a big difference. Yeah. If you think about global warming and the amount of moisture in the air, is that making a difference? Because there's a science behind contrails. Yeah, and it has to do with 
atmospheric conditions. So if those are changing, could that explain in part? And also the air traffic has increased significantly and it's supposed to quadruple by 2050. So you think we have a lot of planes in the sky now, just wait. Yeah, it's going to get way more complicated in the future. But, you yeah. know, I, mean, I think we should definitely make a, uh, you know, comparison between the two different terms. The, the, sometimes people do get mixed up. Chemtrails and contrails are two very different things. Contrails, yeah, contrails are, are you know, a, a very normal occurrence, you know. And uh, they're very common with, with I mean, they can happen with, with uh, almost any plane, you know, certainly any jet plane, you know. But, but um, contrails tend to dissipate pretty fast, you know. And and that's the the main point that that I, I you know I'm trying to make here is that you know sometimes you see some things that you know you would uh, assume would be a contrail or uh, you know exhaust from a plane at high altitude which would create you know some sort of a, a streak or a contrail of some sure. sort. Sure. Well, there's actually there's three different types of contrails and they depend on the atmospheric conditions, specifically the vapor pressure and the moisture that's in the air. And of course, the temperature of the air plays a big role. So you have short-lived contrails, which is what you're talking about, and they only last about 30 minutes. You have persistent non-spreading contrails, and those are the thin lines, the straight lines you see in the sky that hang around for a little while. And then you have persistent spreading, which are wide and long-lasting, and they can actually form artificial clouds high in the atmosphere. Yeah. And those are the ones, I guess, that, that uh, you know, give me a little bit of pause because right. they actually do appear, you know, at some points to uh, cr- create, like, you know, weather systems of, or at least, like, you know, um, influence the weather that's, that, that's happening in a, a specific area. You know? Well, they do join the other clouds. I mean, and if you think about it, at some point you can't distinguish between what has been man-made and what is you know, natural. And the question is, how much of an impact is that is that having? You know, there's an impact on uh, global warming happening from all of the fuel from... There must be, right? All the greenhouse gases and all the emissions right, that's from what our I'm cars. Saying. And yeah, and just... But it's also from the planes. The planes, emissions yeah, from right. the planes are causing global warming. Now, they're not causing a lot of global warming, but certainly more than existed before we were using so many airplanes. I would think that would make a bigger uh, footprint. Yeah, and I think that's where, you know, some of this kind of ties into the conspiracy theory of chemtrails. It's so scientific, but it's also kind of an unknown. And the whole idea of weather anyways is pretty... um, hard to measure. I mean, we can predict the weather to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. but I can't tell you if it's going to be raining in a month. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the things I kind of wonder about as well is, uh, you know, advanced technology, I guess, right? Like what do we not know as far as how, how uh, like cloud seeding and weather modification, those, those type of technologies that have been around for some time now, they're not, they're nothing new. You know what I mean? Oh, we use them in warfare too. I mean, we sure. touched base on it um, a while back with how we used it to slow down the enemy's, um, you know, supply routes. Cloud seeding, uh, just that very simple thing right there. I mean, it's not simple, but that, 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 uh, that technique has, is used 
all around the world nowadays, you know, whether it's the, the, too, the yeah. Middle East or, or in Europe or in, you know, the United States as well. I mean, it's all over the place and it's, uh, it's, it's used quite extensively. So it must work. I, I would say, you know, we should also talk about how that, like we mentioned with con or I mean, con trail or con trails con! And, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> <with contrails laughs> and chemtrails, how there's a difference between the two. There should be also, uh, you know, we should point out with cloud seeding when the first reaction I would think anybody hears, especially from the, from the outside, just learning about the topic, they'd <laughs> immediately associate with something like, oh, that doesn't sound good, right? I mean, like cloud seeding, that doesn't sound like it has negative connotations yeah. around it. I would think, for me at least, that when well, I first some, heard yeah. it back in the day, I was like, oh, that, that sounds nefarious. But then Who when you knows really take what it. what could happen? <laughs> right? You, you see, I know what you're doing up there. You're seeding the clouds. And it's like, yeah, they are. <laughs> type of material that can you know help it rain and well there's even an argument about whether or not it has a great effect and you start getting into this cost to benefit ratio when you're talking about cloud seeding but i feel like it must work because so many people do it oh yeah definitely another uh other parts of the world i mean they they just gotten it down to the point where they just shoot a rocket up into the air and if it's in the right area, it can definitely saturate clouds so it can induce rainfall for their dried crops, which that sounds like a win in my opinion. But what would be the – hopefully that doesn't contain – now it just gets to a different world or subject when it's like, is there something in that el- – like you could throw something in a cloud, it can soak it up like a sponge and then rain death on people. I don't – like I'm just trying to figure out like I couldn't – yeah, never mind. Weaponized or there. cloud seeding? Is that what you're talking about? Like, no, I was yeah, just going to say that I, I wouldn't know where to go from there. Like, I, I don't know what type. I couldn't find a concrete evidence that says, like, oh, this would be a good chemical that you could expel into the air that, you know, can do negative things to us. Yeah, because silver iodide and calcium chloride are both pretty benign. Our bodies, they don't really have a high toxicity or low toxicity to the silver. It doesn't really affect us. It affects like uh, marine life. So they switch to chloride, calcium chloride, which is essentially just a salt. Uh, Wait, so they're pretty, fluoride, they're pretty. Fluoride, are you making the connections here? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's good for your teeth. Right? You know, weather modification. <laughs> yeah, weather modification is good ah. for your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Never, never mind. Never mind the fact that it may make you a uh, mindless drone. One of the really interesting things I found looking through here, I've never seen this personally, but at first I found witness statements saying that they saw like a cross pattern or like a checkerboard pattern of contrails in the sky. And they find this very suspicious. So I said, well, if a lot of people are seeing it, there should be pictures, right? And yeah, there actually are tons of pictures, tons of videos you can go online and look for where you can see these very bizarre, like this perfect grid patterns that have been made with contrails. And it doesn't, I mean, I've lived under very, very heavy flight traffic pretty much most of my life. And that's just not how flight patterns go. They don't go in grids like that. It's really weird to see grids of contrails in the sky. Like I've never seen that personally. So, I mean, that kind of made me take a step back, you know, and go, huh, why would they fly like that? I've seen yeah, the, the the exact thing that you're describing right now. When I lived in Riverside, California, I used to, 
um, I've seen that exact same uh, grid pattern. Now, now I've seen pictures online that were much heavier grid patterns that what I've than what I've seen. But when I was living there, man, I I saw some grid patterns as far as like you know like the the trails uh, leading off of planes and stuff. That don't that's the only thing it could have been. Now, now most of the the, the patterns that I'm talking about I saw after the fact. I didn't see the planes actually leaving them leaving them there. You know what I mean? No, but. This I I've actually I don't know how to so um where I used to live for a number of years was under John Wayne for a long time and that was the actual person. I, I was, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was a cool dude up until he died though. That was kind of weird. I heard um, he had a toupee. Is that real? <laughs> hey, I can't I can't rat out the Duke like that. No, I I was just say though uh, under the airport. However, that yeah. I, I would be wake, woken up by a huge plane or um, it definitely was loud and you would see the planes screaming over you. There was a few times that um, it would be a cloudy day, though, keep in mind, and it would be rather cold. But I would I would see when the plane was taking off, it wasn't hard to just stare at, you know, whatever plane was taking off. And when you were out in my backyard and I would see you know, what would look and to appear to be some sort of, not I don't want to say chemical coming out, but there was something coming out. Now, it could have been just a contrail, and like I said, temperature was a factor, but this was on takeoff, so they're going low, landing gear still down, coming up kind of thing. Like, But, I mean, I saw it, and I, that's where I'm like, ooh, now that's odd. On on takeoff, they're they're revving the engines up pretty high. I mean, they're, they're using. Oh, these were on the wings. These were on the tip of the wings. These were on the tip of the wings. The the oh, yeah, those substance that would be coming out. It was on the tip well, of the wings, and it would just be. Isn't it? Doesn't it have something to do with the pressure between the uh, the the, um, the bottom and the top of the wing? Something like that, like that creates those those trails. I would think you would get that at a higher altitude. That's what I'm trying to say. Is not so low where I you could see it very. Vi- I mean, I saw it clear as day and it's hard to say like oh you should have been there to see it and i know it's it's you know i don't have much Mm -hmm. evidence to back it up i don't have video proof and whatnot but i know what i saw and when i would see that i would sit there and go like i i'm kind of stuck in the middle where i'm more leaning towards believing this this conspiracy then there i'm like oh no it could be used for you know good but then when i would see things like that when i lived under john wayne uh yeah. it was it was just it was just weird it, and that's where it, that definitely like my buddies would come over we'd all be there and just go into the driving range and then see a bunch of planes pass by but we would never see it mm-hmm. like that day that i saw it where it but it was cloudy it was a cold it was day foggy. so i don't know was if it, it foggy could, no nah because when it's cold and you tend to have high moisture, you do get condensation at yes. low altitudes. Oh, I thought I was. Right? I yeah. thought I was gonna set you up for a joke, but no, I was. I was gonna. Yeah, oh. no, no. Actually, it was. I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, you guys been in my neck of the woods. It can kind of get um, overcasty, but nothing too foggy or anything. But I, I would say it's more. There was a logical reason there and not nefarious. But then again, I saw what I saw. I saw what I saw. You saw Sorry. it, dude. Tell you that much. Hey, so, so here, here's we right, believe so you. I, I have a you know, um, you know, a theory here. So here's what may have possibly happened, right? So you had this guy named uh, Hank Curtin, right? He's a he's a, a truck driver, right? Oh, and no. um, th- this whole situation is placed in the uh, San Francisco in the early '80s, right? I think oh, like '83, no. right? So um, this this guy, th- <laughs> wait, 
No, shut up. Anyways, uh, this guy. I haven't heard this one. This is no, new. This guy, Hank Curtin, right? He gets caught up in this uh, bizarre conflict between supernatural spirits in uh, Chinatown, right? In uh, San Francisco in, in the early 80s, uh, right? And um, yeah, so. Is so it a little he, trouble? Is it little trouble? Is a little bit. Is a little it bit is. of a trouble? A little oh, bit. Okay. It is. Yeah, it totally is, dude. So, so yeah, he gets uh, caught up in this this uh, battle, right? And like, um, he, one of his good buddies, right? That he uh, gambles with all the time and stuff, right? Yeah, he has his girlfriend. It's a green-eyed woman, right, from China that, that gets uh, kidnapped, right? By Whoa, this. Whoa, uh, that's big trouble, man. Yeah, Wait, she has green eyes. Yeah, this she sounds has, really unbelievable. Yeah, she has green I, eyes. I was dude. following you up until this point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's very odd, right? I mean, it's, it's it's a unique, but this is what happened, right? So, anyways, you're in Chinatown in San Francisco in the early '80s, '83, by the way. Anyways, um, so his his uh, his 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 buddy, right? Uh, his green-eyed fiance, right? Um, uh, Jack. I mean, I'm sorry, Hank. Um, whoa, Jack, looking cute. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Hank, uh, you know, must help his best friend rescue the girl, you know, from uh, this evil motherfucker. I mean, uh. Uh, Sukafu named uh, High Pan, not Low Pan, and um, so so High Pan, uh, you know, uh, is that a is, kind of food? Maybe I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> High Pan from Shape <laughs> Yeah, so so High Pan is an ancient spirit, you know that uh, you know he's uh, immortal, right? But he's a uh, tortured spirit, you know. So he he desires to be like a you know a, a mortal uh, version of himself. You know what I mean? So, so um, I think this uh, this uh, immortal spirit, High Pan, you know, uh, I think he possibly could be the uh, the person that is emitting these uh, clouds from the back of planes. You know, what I mean, like, uh, you know, he's he's. <laughs> no, I think it's one of his men. I think it's one of his cronies. He wears a rather large hat, slaps his hands a few times, and it's like he gets electricity shooting. I'm out assuming of this is I a movie. I didn't think this I, whole thing through. But it anyways. sounded like some big trouble in Little Chinatown. That, yeah, that, I think they yeah. need to remake it because I'm like actually no, interested, no. but not in an '80s movie. So I no, call for a no. remake. I hear a remake. No, please, no. please, please. If, if, if the powers that be are listening, whoever is concerned with uh, you know those decisions about remaking movies, please, for all for the love of God, please do not make remake this movie. Please don't because it was but made. It was stay made. With it was perfect. Me here. It was perfect. Stay with me here. The oh, main yeah. hero should be a woman. They nailed it the first time around. Yeah, just like Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need some more conspiracy juice. Speaking speaking of movies, there's have you guys seen this? It's called Snowpiercer. Yes. I have. have yes. You, okay. I can't believe it. Yes. Are so you the familiar government, with the conspiracy theory involved with this movie? I was so gonna the government, say, yeah. the government sprays chemicals into the sky to stop yeah. global warming and creates a new Ice Age. Are you familiar? All right. So Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer supposedly actually is a uh, a continuation of the Willy Wonka Chronicle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard, I've heard that I have too. read I have read part two of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Is that what we're talking about? No, yeah. no, no. We're talking about just the movies. Have you ever seen that movie? What Willy Wonka Either? and the Chocolate Factory? Oh yeah. Or, oh, I know. Or Snowpiercer. I mean, How game. dare you, sir? I mean, the one with Gene Wilder was really good. The one with Johnny Depp is a perfect example of why you shouldn't remake uh, classics that yeah. were already done perfectly. Yes. Uh, that yes. was so creepy. Yes. So creepy. Hello, so wrong. Mark. It was so wrong. <laughs> What's he Everything. saying? He's like, Hello, Don't all. touch that squirrel's nuts. Like, that's not even funny, dude. <laughs> yes. What is what he say it like that? Everything now. was wrong, dude. <laughs> yeah. Everything. 
Have you seen Snowpiercer though? No. No, I'm just bringing it up because I did my research and I have like pages and pages of notes. Oh, and it should... was like the perfect transition. So don't hate me. Is that the one with the train? Oh, we have seen that. I lied. I, I was going to say, it. it's a good watch. It's a good film. I, eh. I'd be sore to tell you everything <laughs> that happens. You got to see it first. Well, don't tell everybody. Spoiler. Spoiler. It, it ain't no Willy Wonka or Escape from New York or Big Trouble in Little China or anything, you know? Okay. All right. You know, what, what, what was this episode about again? This was Chemtrails. <laughs> it was Chemtrails. <laughs> oh, that's right. Chemtrails. Yes, yes, yes. Now, we spoke about weather manipulation. Now, I've heard of other, you know, theories that are associated with this topic. Now, human control or mind control was one of them. Um, well, before uh, well, we continue on that, I found just a real quick one that goes along with the whole weather control thing. Somebody or some people seem to think that chemtrails is actually a fake term that was made up by the CIA or whoever's behind all this to discredit the entire thing because chemtrails suggests that people are being sprayed with chemicals when in fact... That's not the goal at all. The goal is to put particles up in the atmosphere for weather control reasons. So this one kind of goes along with the weather control. So if by calling it chemtrails and calling it a conspiracy theory, it just kind of makes the whole thing go away. That, so that's just that's a real quick one I just wanted to throw out there before you continue on. Well, this ties into last, or was it the week before last, we did an episode on Bill Gates. Right. And Bill Gates is a big funder of geoengineering at Harvard where they want to do studies on weather control and weather modification. They were supposed to do a big study this year, and there was so much controversy, uh, they had to cancel it. So they're not going to do their experiments anymore. And they were just to test instruments. They weren't even to actual do weather modification because we don't have that kind of technology yet. But uh, because of the chemtrail thing, I think, and the whole idea going around that Bill Gates wants to block out the sun combined with the movie Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, right, it was, was, that, was it that albedo? Sorry, Agent Anderson, yeah. but was that that albedo uh, experiment that was through Harvard? Um, uh, Scopex nope, was the name of the mind. experiment <laughs> with the, in conjunction with the Swedish Space Corporation. I guess they have an operation up in the Arctic Okay. Yeah, I saw I saw something about that one too. Yeah, mind control is always a possibility, always, and they are also controlling your subconscious too. I guarantee you, they're pissing yeah. in our drinks and making the frogs gay. Well, what's the first <laughs> thing? What's the All first right. thing you uh, you think of when you hear like these type of conspiracy theories? Right, tinfoil hat. Right. 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 First okay. thing, you know. Well, I want to know how it causes mind control. I'm actually really curious. I didn't see any. Subconscious information. It, it forms your subconscious. <laughs> it's just it's okay. one of the things it's like fluoride. It's a reactionary thing. Mentioned. You know what I mean? It, it just it takes dulls time. your senses and oh, weakens your okay. ability to say no. And so that you become a weak state of mind or an easily manipulated sheep. Yeah. A sheeple. sheeple. Yes, yeah. Exactly. You're okay. lemming. Stop You're drinking the water. Lemming. Stop taking I the pills. You know? like, <laughs> Stop breathing the air. Stop apparently. breathing their air. Yeah. You know, okay. so I mean I think there's um, you know, but I, I was just saying it was just one of the the theories, one of the many, you know, um, things. Not many, I shouldn't say. It's like a whole plethora of of things. But I've Do also I love heard that a, word. 
uh, it could be used as a, a uh, you know, just like I mentioned uh, earlier before that we started the podcast that I also, when I was younger, I heard how, you know, this was, this has been around for a good while, but around 2010, we would talk about how, you know, the chemtrails that are left in the sky with the micro particles of like foil or like a reflective material was going to be used as a, you know, a mirror type of deal for say like harp or some sort of you know other great super weapon that we have to spread you know an accident if you will um or have our reach extended black flag event globally or and have a black flag event you know i don't yeah. think it's i don't know i don't think i i don't think i, I don't know all the time mean. dude it's fine i don't i don't like to think it hurts <laughs> and it's dangerous when i start thinking and it starts working watch out um, but you know, but I, I've also, besides the whole mind control and weather manipulation, there's also the, just, you know, slowing us down and making us, uh, just trying to kill us off. So, you know, trying well, to control the population and the dumbing down of the population. I'm not just dumbing down, but just poisoning us overall, you know, I mean, right. cancer affiliation, diseases, stuff that's like, you know, we don't want in our body and okay, they're, yeah, they're sure. bringing us, bringing it to us. But, you know, would it be crazy? And this is, I'm not trying to make anything up here. And I really do I mean am. this, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I don't think I heard this, this yet, but what if there could be an argument that they spread Rona through the air? You know what I mean? There's, you know, oh, there no. could, I'm just saying like, there's, there's, those are diseases, you know, if cancer is what, uh, you know, that what they were the spreading, you know, the Rona could have been something that they're spreading, you know, it's just point, point in the end. It's just, they were trying to poison the well, trying to kill us somehow. And this is just one of the ways that they could do it. I think the Rona got the mark on the beast, bro. They actually did that before. What? Did what? They actually did that once before. They did a biological experiment. I forget the exact dates and the name of the operation, but in the Bay, I believe it was in the Bay Area, they released what they believed at the time to be like a benign virus that wouldn't, it would spread to people, but it wouldn't actually make anybody sick. And they did that to kind of track biological warfares or whatever, just to see what would happen or how fast it could spread in the population and that kind of thing. Mm. And uh, turns out this virus they used actually did make some people sick. But um, I, I read about this a really long time ago, so I forget all the details. But anybody who knows what I'm talking about will know what I'm talking about. And um, should maybe leave a comment on our Facebook page yeah. so we know. Let us know. What the hell am I talking about right now? Because I, sure, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Have you guys heard of Morgellons disease? Mordor? Excuse you. Now what? So no, a lot of heard. people, a lot of people who are worried about chemtrails, who believe that it's a major issue, describe uh, this feeling of thread-like fibers growing in their skin, like parasites. That and they is call it Morgellons a very disease. Uncomforting idea. And very <laughs> accurate description of their pain that uh, i can imagine like that, that type of feeling bit. that type of feeling would drive me absolutely freaking nuts oh absolutely have you ever had carbon fiber on your skin i yeah. mean that's that's what that reminds me of that's horrifying I, I, well, well yeah. doctors say it's delusional they call it de delusional parasitosis wow but well that sounds even like an if easier... it is it sounds terrible it's in your head bud yeah yeah. Good luck with Either that. Way. I mean, probably because they aren't taken seriously. If they say, 
well, I think this came from chemtrails and I have this problem, I can imagine that a doctor wouldn't take the issue very seriously. So that I, doesn't I, seem fair, but... But I think they also we also never used to wash our hands before surgery. You know what I mean? We would just go from one patient to the next. But then we had to learn the hard way, you know? So I, hopefully that's not what we're experiencing, is something that is so new and no information's on it, and that, you know, people are getting hurt because of it. Just like cell phones, you know what I mean? Like we touched base on, you know, last week is maybe, you know, with all the microwaved uh you know, I don't want you in subject. I'll just stop right there. But I just don't want it to learn the hard way. That's what. But yeah, no, actually, in speaking to the doctors and all that stuff, they can, not all of them, but they can be years behind the curve. And uh, just to give you an example of how ridiculous things can get, when they first started coming out with knowledge of like germs and bacteria and like microscopic stuff, the first the first people who were trying to present evidence of that stuff there was a strong coalition of people who treated them as complete crackpots. Like that's, oh, that's nonsense. You guys are all making that stuff up. It's, you know, so it doesn't Mic- matter what, what it is. Beings, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The little <laughs> that's people not that possible. live in my skin. I don't, I don't know where, so I don't know where we were. Uh, let's me see. Me neither. But I actually, but I enjoy yeah, it. Me neither. But um, we don't have much structure to this one, but I want to talk a little bit about a patent I found. Because a lot of the skeptics that I saw when I was reading through discussions and stuff, they would talk about like, ah, this is all BS. It's not even possible or whatever. It turns out that there's actually some science and stuff behind using contrails or whatever to, uh, to modify the weather. So I found something called patent 5,003,186 or no, 5,003,186. So 5,003,186 which was approved on March 26, 1991, called the Stratospheric Wellsbach Seeding for Reduction of Global Warming. And I just looked, I took a couple of paragraphs out of this patent that I thought were particularly um, applicable to this topic. It's You can read the whole thing if you want. It's available online. But uh, so it says, one proposed solution to the problem of global warming involves the seeding of at of the atmosphere with metallic particles one technique pro- proposed to seed the metallic particles was to add the tiny particles to the fuel of jet airliners so that the particles would be emitted from the jet engine exhaust while the airliner was at its cruising altitude while this method would increase the reflection of visible light incident from space the metallic particles would trap the long-wavelength blackbody radiation released from the Earth. This could result in net increase in global warming. And then skipping a bunch of it and going back down further on, it says, The greenhouse gases are typically in the Earth's stratosphere at an altitude of 7 to 13 kilometers. This suggests that the particle seeding should be done at an altitude on the order of 10 kilometers. The particles may be seeded by dispersal from seeding aircraft. One exemplary technique may be via the jet fuel as suggested by prior work regarding the metallic particles. Once the tiny particles have been dispersed into the atmosphere, the particles may remain in suspension for up to one year. And looking at this, uh, says suggested by prior work, I'm not sure what that prior work may be. I'm assuming they're not referring to what they've already said before, 
Maybe they are. I don't know. The point being is that there are people out there, scientists, who believe that this is a thing that's possible. And if there's a patent for it all the way back in 1991, that means that, you know, it was probably thought up by the military even well before that. So the idea here is that you could put some kind of additive into jet fuel that would pass through the jet engine and out into the atmosphere. We're probably talking about really, really small particles because they would have to be able to withstand both the heat of combustion in the jet engine and they would have to be small enough to get through the fuel filters and not clog up the engine at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, dude. Yeah, So this, but this is a real thing. So that's the reason I wanted to read that is because a lot of people think, oh, that's that's complete sheer nonsense. Nobody would be able to do that. Put something in the atmospheral additive, like yeah. So, but that's one of the foremost theories of the contrails is that you put something in the fuel of every jet plane so that it's not a special deal. Literally, every plane up there flying around is emitting chemtrails. That's that's what the idea is. And that's what this patent is suggesting we do. Yeah. And also if that was implemented, then like the people involved with it, as far as like the ground level, like people who are working on whatever these vehicles are, they would have no knowledge of it. You know what I mean? So they wouldn't, right. be, they wouldn't, they, they, they wouldn't know what they were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can definitely slip that right under their noses. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it, we're talking about probably even microscopic additives to the fuel that you just, I mean, even if you looked at it, you know, with your naked eye, you wouldn't be able to even see it. Yeah. Right? Because cause here's the thing also, like in the aviation industry between like now and like, let, let's just say like the sixties or even the seventies, if you want to give them a little bit more credit, how many, you know, big leaps have happened in the aviation industry as far as like, you know, the, the public industry, what's available to the public. You know what I mean? Not that many, man. Like, like as far as like like how more jet, efficient jet engine yeah and fuel yeah, being burnt yada yada exactly well, they're, they're not much more advanced than they were before you know what I mean there there actually there have been some pretty significant developments but not like there are for the military that's for sure exactly and yeah I think the the main reason for that is probably because of the testing required for civil aviation or commercial aviation is very very different than what's required for the military. And it's uh, the military is way more streamlined, right? So when if you let's say um, if you have like a Cessna that's flying around, a lot of those a lot of those things they don't even have fuel injection. They're still flying around with good old fashioned carburetors. Well, and the reason for that I is I think that's by design. To be honest, my my personal opinion uh, is that's by design because what's available to the public should not be anywhere near you know the level of of uh, capability. Well, it might be, but. But there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to have fuel injection on your Cessna. But sure. the reason yeah, yeah. the reason why that's so hard to do is because in order to do that, they would have to come up with a kit to retrofit the existing motor, right? But that wouldn't be good enough. They would have to test that kit under many many conditions, including destructive testing, meaning that they would have to test it to failure and even crash airplanes to test it. The point being that just to get a simple simple part on the airplane to upgrade it, they have to go through extensive testing. Go look up the price on a Magneto for a Cessna. That's basically like your distributor cap that you're going to have in your car. It, it sends out the sparks to the spark plugs. 
those I, I forget what they cost, but we're talking about thousands of dollars it's just for one money. part. Serious money, just because of how extensively this stuff needs to be tested before it goes onto the market. And I think that's why the well, because there's of the such risk a, a lag. Well, no, it's not the risk. It's just well, yeah, it is the risk, but it, yeah, it's also just testing it under each condition available. Yeah. But I think that's why there's so much of a lag between military and um, civil aviation. It's, it definitely uh, my, counts for some lag, for sure. Yeah. But in my opinion, not all of it. Yeah, maybe not. You know well, I mean, mean you, don't, you don't need like a Mach 2 capable jet fighter to cart people around as well, you know? <laughs> but hey, but why wouldn't yeah. you? But why yeah. wouldn't you, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they did have the Concorde for a while. I mean, that, that was pretty cool. Anyways, I digress. Another really interesting uh, thing I found was a um, was actually like an academic paper called Stratospheric Aerosol Injection Tactics and Costs in the First 15 Years of Deployment by Wake Smith and Gernot Wagner. And uh, I'll just read the abstract to this paper. You guys can all look it up if you want. Just Google that title. But it says... We review the capabilities and costs of various lofting methods intended to deliver sulfates into the lower atmosphere. We lay out a future solar geoengineering deployment scenario of having the increase in of halv, halving, having, not having, but to half, having the increase in anthropo, anthropogenic, yeah, anthropogenic <laughs> radiative forcing beginning 15 years hence, by deploying material to altitudes as high as 20 kilometers. After surveying an exhaustive list of potential deployment techniques, we settle upon an aircraft-based delivery system. Unlike the one prior comprehensive study on the topic, we conclude that no existing aircraft design, even with extensive modifications, can reasonably fulfill this mission. However, we also conclude that developing a new purpose-built high-altitude tanker with substantial payload capabilities would neither be technologically difficult nor prohibitively expensive. We calculate early-year costs of $1,500 a ton, one of material deployed, resulting in average costs of $2.25 billion a year over the first 15 years of deployment. We further calculate the number of flights at 4,000 in year one, Increasing by 4,000, uh, we conclude by 4,000 per year. We conclude by arguing that while cheap, such an aircraft based program would unlikely be a secret given the need for thousands of flights annually by airliner sized aircraft operating from an international array of bases. So, wow, that was a long one. Dude, but- I, dude I don't know what you just said, but I can tell you that I have a raging semi right now. <laughs> it's definitely well, a, a journal article because it's so wordy. Well, the the point being <laughs> is that they they basically did a study and they determined that yes, this stuff is possible and it would not even be that expensive to do. So, two point two five billion dollars a year sounds like a lot of money, but if you're talking about the government, I mean, come on, dude, they piss that away on toilet seats and stuff. Like that's nothing, you know, for the government to be spending on something like this. But anyways, this is just another little piece of ever evidence suggesting that, yes, these programs are possible. I can just add that they've done some polls. They've done some polls. Now, these are always, I feel like when they say we've done some polls and one in a hundred people think this, I mean, we're talking about a small sample size. Agent it's Anderson like, done some polls. 
It's not like they pull, pull everyone in America <laughs> and they get their Center. numbers. So they did a small study and they found that 5% of Americans completely believe in chemtrails. So that's a real thing. It's a government program for nefarious reasons. Oh. And internationally, up to 17% of people believe there's something going on as far as chemtrails are concerned and uh, geoengineering. Is, as far as what's concerned? Geoengineering. Okay. Some, something nefarious having to do with chemtrails. 17% of people internationally. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know that one thing, one thing uh, that has been stated within like uh, the, the idea of like Agenda 21 or the Great Reset is like, you know, the, the, the great powers that be, you know, desire a uh, decrease in the world's population um, as far as uh, two thirds, you know, of the population of the world. So could this be one thing that's being used in, in, in conjunction with other processes as well to decrease population? Well, how are the rich and powerful protecting themselves from these chemtrails, them and their families? It seems so random. It, it does, and I've heard that argument before, right? Like, like uh, if there's stuff being released in the atmosphere, then why were the uh, the rich, uh, the the powers that be, the people who are, are controlling these strings, what have you, why would they do this, right? Because they'd be exposing themselves to the, the same um, as, uh, atmospheric uh, contaminants that, that everybody else would be, right? But... If there is a defense towards it, then, well, they would be the ones in, in, you know, possession of it. You know what I mean? So they just have that high level of morality. Include us. We'll, we'll go to. I would say just like the reason that I was living under, uh, or living near an airport is that like, it's just, if the rich and powerful have it their way, you know, I'm, we're just, I'm just talking, feeding into the theory here that they just get to live in the places that, you know, that's, the, there is no flight path. Their quality is immensely better than you'd get for the lower income families and stuff that have to put up with that. Um, but like, there's already, you can definitely look this up if you want to, that there are studies that poor air quality leads to learning disabilities, respiratory issues, like families that live next to highways and stuff like that, like or children high, that high grow power. up. Yeah, there, there's that too. But yeah, respiratory, um, I mean, air quality definitely does play a factor in in some sort. I don't know. Maybe it's just like they they just get to live in the best places, so they don't get to put up with that bull crap. Yeah. Well, speaking of, um, I saw an article earlier earlier on Snopes what was that um Prince uh Prince what's his name he just died at 99 years old or something Philip Voldemort f- formerly known as or Palpatine Palpatine, Prince Palpatine or, you shall not pass what, yeah what what was his name I what? thought Prince it was Prince Philip DMX? Prince Philip yeah I know D- evil I know I know DM, DMX just just passed away yeah no no not him not, not him no Prince Two Prince Philip right so apparently oh. oh yeah oh yeah yeah previous Previously, he had said that he wanted to be reincarnated as a deadly virus so that he could take revenge on all the people for overpopulation no. and kill a bunch of people or something That's like that. That's fucked up, I want to know where this quote yeah. came from, because I've been seeing this around the internet, and I'm just curious to know who's reporting. Like, the originatal, originatal, the originatal quote. The originator. Quote. He Thank wrote you. it in the foreword to a book that is no longer being published. 
The forward to wow, so it's in print. It's in print, yeah. And this was on this was on Snopes, and they're usually pretty accurate. Like I've I don't know, I don't Mm. follow them that closely, but so they said it was true. Yeah, they said it was one hundred percent true that he said this. So I mean, in the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus in order to contribute something to solve overpopulation. No, no, he wanted he used the word revenge. Like, oh, we're I talking about this quote. Yeah, this Prince is an, Philip. Right. This is an evil fucker we're talking about right here. <gasps> yeah. Well, well, well when, it, when it comes to the British royalty, there has been quite a bit of a satanic ritual that has been attached to uh, uh, a few different family members uh, within that 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 royalty. Um, that a few different. Uh, well, matter of fact, him and also his mother. Um, I don't know, man. It seems like they may up to what they revenge may, they, does he need well, to take? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Paul. Well, they, the, the, those motherfuckers. I, I think they are. I'll, I'll just say it. I'll just say it, dude. I think they worship Baphomet. You know what? Actually, that would be a really good episode to do on the royal family because, Ooh. I mean, they don't seem like a lot of them. Don't seem like very nice people. So even if they're still alive, I don't mind talking a little shit. Man, you know, they just look <laughs> corrupted, right? Yeah. Like they yes, just look corrupted. And here's the thing. There, there's some interesting stuff. Like, like for instance, like uh, if you want to just look into like the, uh, the property that like the Royal family has uh, owned throughout, you know, uh, the recent history, at least like, like recent, recent property that has been um, reported on. I remember this. There are, so the, the uh, damn, I don't remember where it was in England where this property was, but there was, there was this one um, like, like, I guess the royal family would call it a cottage. You or I would call it probably a mansion. <laughs> but, yeah. but but like uh there were there was a uh, some some pagan imagery, I I will just call it related to Baphomet that was uh you know, like statues and stuff that were around the property. And this So pro- I'm hearing art. So there was some art around yes. there. Yes. Getaway. <laughs> Did they have a painting of Bill Clinton in a blue dress? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no, they didn't. But I, I'm 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 quite you know um, confident they probably knew the uh, individuals that had everything to do with that painting. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. I'm just saying is all. You know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, lines to be drawn within there. But at any rate, um, there there is some some questionable properties that have been owned by the uh, royal family that uh, are just fucking weird. I'll just say it. It's just fucking weird. Some, some of the statues and the, uh, the art, the imagery that is uh, presented. Let's get back to, uh, to chemtrails here a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The chemtrails. So I found uh, one company that people think may be involved with chemtrails, and that's Evergreen Aviation. Have you guys heard of this one? No. Only because you told me about it. So Evergreen Aviation is a company based in our... uh, We actually did an episode about this somewhat recently, but based in McMinnville, Oregon. They were founded in 1960 to do uh, helicopter crop dusting and firefighting and that kind of stuff. In 1974, they bought a regional carrier and expanded into passenger flights. Um, they were part of the Civil Reserve Air Fleet, and that's when you have civil civilian airliners or privately owned airliners or whatever that can sometimes be used by the military for when when it's needed for certain things. 
Like Evergreen helped with um, transporting troops to the Gulf, Gulf War in 1991, for example. And uh, they, they went bankrupt in 2014 around the same time that their founder and CEO died. So the reason this company's interesting is not because of, you know, being a passenger airline with roots in the helicopter industry or whatever, but they were actually known to work very closely with the CIA. And they're believed by conspiracy theorists to be involved with the chemtrails. Uh, they had different parts to their businesses, like they had they handled packages and stuff as well. And people think that this this could make a really good front for moving things around for the government, you know, kind of on the DL. Um, but well, here here's a quote from uh, actually from Wikipedia that kind of quotes its founder as well. It says, in addition to its work for the CIA, Evergreen's airplanes and helicopters had once supported the United Nations peacekeeping operations in 30 countries, flew insect eradication missions throughout Africa, were used for illegal drug abatement spraying, whatever the hell that is, in Mexico and South America, helped build the Trans-Alaska oil pipeline and developed and serviced the offshore energy market worldwide. All told, Smith said, his company flew in 168 countries over the years. We were all over the world. Everywhere they needed a helicopter, they needed an airplane as well. And I like that quote because it goes over just all kinds of stuff. These guys had their fingers in all kinds of pies. On their website, which I couldn't find this on their current website because the company, maybe because of when they went under, um, and I'm not sure what they still do. Maybe they're still around doing something. But their website used to say, that they used drones for surveillance for surveillance as well, and they also were into weather modification. Now, here's where the conspiracy is. Supposedly, they had a fleet of 747s for refueling operations, and they were ready to go 24-7. But they actually never refueled anything, so the idea is that these refueling, quote-unquote refueling vessels, were actually used for chemtrail spraying. Um... I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, probably not, but it's still like a really fun conspiracy theory, especially because this company is known to have been in cahoots with the CIA and they definitely worked with the CIA very closely on a lot of covert operations. Shocking news. But yeah, as far as chemtrails goes, I, that's pretty much all I have Yeah. for, uh, for chemtrails. I mean, I think we covered Contrails. all the major points. Um, we You could go into more and more detail. You could always go more into detail on any of this stuff. But we covered all the major points, you know, all the major theories and stuff that they think it's used for. Um, you got anything else for us, Agent Ether? I think that if anybody has an opinion or a v review for this week's episode, they should go ahead and post that on our Facebook page. And I'll go ahead and post all the relevant links and information from this episode as well. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, final thoughts, Agent Kruger? Uh, not, you guys said it so eloquently. Well, I guess my final thoughts on the episode are um, these, these, the government, certain people within the government, like let's say the CIA or whoever, they have absolutely no limits on what they're capable of. And we know that the science exists for them to do things like chemtrails. So my opinion is, although I'm not sure I have seen 100% irrefutable proof that chemtrails are a real thing. 
we know that the technology exists and we know that the will exists. So if they, for whatever reason, if they thought that they wanted to do this for any reason, for whatever reason was in their head at the time, they would absolutely do it 100%. I have no doubt in my mind that they would. Because they've done a lot of nefarious things over the years, why would they not do this if they thought it would benefit them somehow? So I guess that's kind of where I stand. I'm not really sure. I'm not 100% convinced, but I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility. And there are plenty of stories, lots of evidence, and lots of weird stuff going on that kind of makes me wonder. Yeah, I don't. I actually, I take that back. It was a dirty lie what I said earlier. I do have a closing thought about it. Um, you know, I, I, I would like um, to think that there, it's not as if they did have the manpower to do it. I just don't think that they it could be done as seamlessly and as simple as it. It not as simple as it sounds, but I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there would be more adverse side effects that would be noticing but then again as i say it, it's it's really hard to just pick a side because i as i say it i also think like maybe over prolonged years of just prolonged use or you know what i mean like just a it doesn't have to happen like overnight uh if they were to introduce something to us that would weaken us or do something bad it could take forever, you know, not forever per se, but it, a lengthy period of time. And I, I don't know. It's just hard to pick a side on this one because I, I do like to think that the government is this big bad entity, which it is. It, it Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's just I also uh, think there is in its stupid ways it does try to help. And maybe this is one of those ways that tries to combat, you know, global warming or do something, but sorry, you can cut all that out if you want to, but I was just rambling. Just wanted to say one more thing. No, it's all good. It's your final thoughts. Agent ETA, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what, what could have possibly happened here is, um, so you have this guy named uh, Gore Brody, right? Um, he's a struggling cartoonist uh, trying to pitch an animated show to Hollywood executives, right? So when, when, when he fails, he returns to his hometown with no choice but to live with his parents and, and younger brother, Freddie, right? Um, or Eddie. Uh, sorry, Eddie. So uh, his, his father doesn't approve of his uh, career path, right? So he pressures, he pressures him to get, you know, um, to gain more independence. You know what I mean? And so as a father and son exchange barbs and, you know, tomfoolery, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, um, um, he, you know, he, he comes up with a lie that changes everything, right? He claims that uh, his dad molested his uh, brother, Eddie, right? Um, you know, um, which, you know, comes up with the name of the movie. I mean, uh, Eddie, all I right, all right, all right. We've gone too far. It leads to dramatic, <laughs> dramatic uh, consequences. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> let me I guess. think this episode his, is over. His father, his father <laughs> is very proud of him. <laughs> proud. Yeah, he gets him a LeBaron, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Who's who's got a LeBaron? Do you have a LeBaron? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> What kind of uh, movies are you watching? <laughs> the best. Only the best. Only the best. The best ever. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll end it here. It's been uh, long enough. I think, we, I think we met our time goal on this one. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. If you... Uh, wait, hold on. Let me try that again. <laughs> 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 too, too much Crystal Head vodka here. <laughs> okay. 
Thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out our Twitter, or uh, face, don't forget to check out our Facebook group <laughs> and page, AlienConPod.